get all set up here. All right, expand your window. What? Why am I on the side? No, you're supposed to be on top. I like you on top. Where are you at? Hi, Graham. Hi, Corey. How are you this evening? I'm good. Shit. Good. I'm not on top. I know that. Hey, man, one of us has got to be on top. Oh, boy. Because right now we're just kind of side by side. And I mean, that just. Smoke your bowl and I'll introduce the show. Let's just move on. Hi, kids. My name's Corey. I am Drunk Thoughts on this week's episode of Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions. Welcome. Graham's taking a big hit of his bowl. Why don't you introduce yourself after you exhale? My name is Graham Stepniewski. I will be your dutiful high opinions this evening. Dutiful? Or this morning. Dutiful. Who knows? Who knows when you're listening to this? You know? I don't you could know. be listening to this in the morning at work, or you could be listening to this at night, getting stoned alongside us. I don't know what you're doing, but I know drinking. that I will be your high opinions right now. <laughs> and there's one thing we can count on in this show Graham's getting high. Hallelujah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Lot. You can steal that. Have that. <laughs> trademark. <laughs> Hallelujah. Trademark. <laughs> TM. <laughs> TM. Oh, Bing. boy. The only podcast that gets you Hallelujah. Drunk thoughts and high opinions. How have you been, sir? Yes. I've been good. I've been good. Uh, we weren't able to record last week because uh, I feeling a little bit of pain in my chest and you know being somebody who worries the worst about everything i immediately worried the worst it it's fine i am just uh uh dealing with a little bit of a, a torn muscle in my chest from uh, uh stretching it the wrong way was that uh, confirmed but, or is that still a speculation that's still speculation but I, the... I i know i i know the feeling i know what the what the feeling of a pulled muscle is and that's exactly what this is um and so I, and I, I know for a fact that whenever I would do, like I would I would do don't do motion. it. I'm not going to. I'm just I'm, I'm <laughs> what it would be. And then I would like arch my back backwards, and I would like push down. Kind of like chest. this. I'm doing that. Yeah, kind of like that. I would I would like press down on it, and like pressing down on my chest Ooh. for some reason was like cracking it. That felt and good. Right, right, felt very good, but <laughs> until I realized that it literally was just tearing a muscle open and it got worse every time I would do it. So I've not been doing it and it's been healing up. It's st- There's still a little bit of like tension pain as if like like a muscle is healing, but... But it is fine. reduced. It's, it's getting reduced. better. So, uh, yeah, severely oh, reduced. Right. That's good. Um, and I know that it wasn't the weed that was doing it because uh, when I stopped smoking weed for a day, the pain got worse. So, <clears throat> I. <laughs> so, what's a logical person to do? <laughs> Keep smoking weed. Smoke more smoke, weed. <laughs> smoke more weed. Exactly. Get back on the horse. <laughs> or fall off it again. Cocaine. Who gives a shit? What <laughs> uh, horse? We were left at the stables a long time ago, sir. Sir. <laughs> Oh yes, very, very, very true. Mm. Mm. 
This is good brandy. Oh. Is it good brandy? You're being I'm very still... fancy today, aren't we? Mm, yes, indubitably, sir. Indubitably, yes. yes. I'm mm. just being kind of a trash person with my water bottle with a straw. Start. I rock the Nalgene too. Don't you worry. Yeah. It's got Sasquatch on it. See, Bigfoot. Very nice. But this is not what the listeners came to listen to. Us what blathering fucking listeners, man? Yeah, I know. I don't know. That's fucking. <laughs> kind of trailed off there. You want to? You want to try that again? <laughs> 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 Well, I'm glad your uh, your chest is subsiding. I know you're concerned about that. So I wish I could show you my bruise, but I'm pretty sure that's not allowed on YouTube because it's uh, right next to my... Uh, took a puck to the thigh playing hockey. I play goalie in hockey for those of the listeners who don't know, the listener who doesn't know. I play goalie in hockey and um, I bought the wrong pants. And these pants have no protection on the inner thigh. And when you have a piece of frozen rubber coming at you at like 60 to 100 miles an hour, depending. Hurts. It hurts. That padding is not for show, folks. Startles the the skin and the meat underneath. Oh, the meat was startled. It was scared. And it was all sorts of. It was the skittles of bruises, man. Fucking taste of rainbow. This bruise was every goddamn color I've ever known. It went Mm -hmm. from red to purple to green to yellow to blue to indigo to violet. Like, holy shit. I went through the whole gambit of colors on my thigh. It was nuts. And I'm pretty sure I have some, like, popped blood vessels in there. It's all, like, weird feeling. It's not pretty. It's fucking Please, weird. Uh, uh, I know the listeners at home cannot uh, see this, but I need you to do that motion for me. Okay. <laughs> My little uh, squiggle of the hand. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And it's it's home, literally like squiggling his hand. <laughs> and we're downwards. talking. This is six inches from my uh, my meat and potatoes, so to speak. Mm. So mm. all I can say is. Don't forget to buy a cup, folks. Cup saves lives. Yeah. I'm super glad I was wearing mine, but it's been it's been a wild ride watching that bruise like develop. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I didn't know the skin could turn that color. Yeah, it's possible. Like, what? <laughs> it's got to be real assaulted, though. Real startled. Real <laughs> traumatized, so to speak. It's fucking. Oh. It's it's gnarly to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'm then. sure. I'm sure. Mm. I uh, I've never had um, any serious injury. Uh, I should say, like, ne- I think the I've never broken any bone or anything. The most serious injury I've ever had um, was a sprained wrist, uh, which I got when by uh, jerking my off too much. Friend, my friend's bike. Uh, yeah, yeah we'll go with too that. Much. No, my friend's bike. When I was um, when I was nine years old, my uh, my friend's bike for had, was one of those that uh, where the brakes didn't work in the back, or, or so, like you didn't have a handlebar or anything to like grab onto to brake. It was one you had to like turn the wheel the tires backwards, and it would. You, then, you had to pedal backwards. You had to like pedal backwards, and at a certain point, it would just it would like hit the 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 resistance on the top on the wheels 
It was a weird. It was like a kids' bike. It was a weird kids' bike. It's fucking so weird. We're, man. we're nine years old. Yeah, it was a very weird bike. Excuse me. Um, and I was at my, uh, you know, my parents' property, going down the hill uh, from my house, and my friend is on my bike. We had swapped bikes for whatever reason. As kids my do. Friend, my, my friend's on my bike, and my dog is sitting next to him. And there's only a little bit of space for me to go between them. You know, dog person so i mm-hmm. very narrowly go through um i managed to go but it's but i find that it won't break the the bike is just not breaking and i keep like slamming the thing backwards hoping that it will you know um engage uh, finally break yeah engage and finally it does when i'm going way too fast and i get launched like 30 feet in the air like I'm 30 feet down. really felt like it felt like it it was probably probably more like three feet 15 it was probably like 15 um but it it was i i fell pretty far i remember um do you realize how far 15 feet is like my apartment's not 15 feet like (laughs) oh come on (laughs) and i did i that's roughly the distance i fell that's gnarly yeah but all you got was a sprained Um, wrist all I got was a sprained wrist. So you're pretty uh, lucky, to, man. To to kind of uh, uh, add an addendum to this, when I was a little kid, uh, uh, when me and my brother were kids, uh, my brother was always someone who was very careful and like scared to like get in, uh, like do anything that might hurt him or whatever. And he would consistently come back. So he was the with, smart one of the group. Uh, he was the smart one of the two of me. Of uh, the two of us, um, and he. I was going to say the two of you. Wait a minute, your brother <laughs> is real, right? Like this isn't a Fight Club situation. <laughs> Spencer is just your Tyler Durden. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just uh, Graham. Are you carving Freudian wood slip. in your Freudian sleep? Slip. It's a Freudian slip. Anyway, uh... <laughs> hold on. No, I want to explore this theory that Spencer is just your like night persona. <laughs> I will, what if we'll, Spencer we'll discuss, is sober we'll Graham? This another, we'll discuss this another <laughs> time. But, but um, so when when we were younger, Spencer was one who would not uh, would not want to get in, uh, uh, hurt or get in trouble or you know do anything that might get him hurt. But he would consistently show up to the house with like like his face was skinned. Um, uh, he would like fallen off of the four wheeler um, and just gone like completely fucked. Um, and I was somebody very nice. Looks very nice. I was somebody who very consistently uh, 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 sought out destructive things, things that would probably cause me pain or kill a child. Um, flinging myself from a from a twenty foot rock wall, um, uh, which was just in front of our house. You know, for the record, this is like explaining that. so much of your persona. Yes. So like, I'm understanding like <laughs> so much. all of Graham Stepniewski right now. Like, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> so yeah, I just um I would just fling myself from shit. I, I would yeet myself, so to speak. Um from shit. Word? And I never and I never got hurt except for that one time when it was completely within my power to to control it but the bike failed so that's funny to me that the one time uh uh anything happened was you know not because i was because i wasn't being careful like i was actually not intending that i was not going very fast i didn't want to go very fast 
uh, that day for you know whatever reason. I had I had done way crazier shit. I was just being careful for whatever reason because it was a bike I was not familiar with, and for some reason that's the day that I got a sprained wrist. And that's the most. That's the that's the worst thing that's ever happened. Never broken a bone or like even a toe. Never broken a bone. No. No. I may have. I've I've had some pretty bad like uh, 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 stubbed toes, but I never enough that I would consider it to be broken. I've also considered myself to have a very high pain tolerance. So yeah, I'm in the same bank. I have a pretty high pain tolerance, and I do a lot of stupid shit. I've sprained my ankle. I've gotten more bruises than I care to count. I've broken my big toe. Yeah, I've done some stupid shit, but I have n- I have never officially gone to the doctor to broke with a broken bone. Like I said, I think I broke my toe going down the stairs. I used to go up and down stairs really fucking fast as a kid, just like, <laughs> and yeah. I tripped once and like caught my toe going down as. <laughs> Yeah. And that was kind of how it sounded. And yeah, I just kind of was like, okay, maybe slow it down by like 75%. Right. Uh, yeah, I sprained my ankle jumping out of a tree when I was like five, six. That was fun. Um, you ever gotten stitches? Yes. Um, I've gotten stitches for my wisdom teeth <clears throat> oh and oh and also and also uh when for my tongue they put stitches on my tongue um because when i was at a dentist appointment one time they were doing a filling and the drill slid uh across and tore the like that protection thing they usually they they, they usually have the like um rubber like plate that they put over your mouth when they're doing the um the cavity and it just like the the drill they lost control of it and it slid across my the thing open and went and tore open my tongue yeah and i just remember i just remember this is this is this is from my perspective this is how it goes i'm sitting there and all of a sudden i feel i feel a little cold streak on my tongue i just because my mouth is completely numb yeah you're probably hopped up on like laughing gas at that point I didn't or have some sort of local anesthesia, maybe compl- completely numb, just completely numb. No, uh, no anesthesia. No. So I'm just uh, sitting there. I was I actually had to drive after that. My parents were out of town. So I am sitting there a uh, little cold feeling. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I and I but at the time that it happens, I hear I hear um, my dentist go. Oh, that's all the sound. He makes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And then, and then he that is what they do. Doctors, yeah, that's yeah. what they do. They're not yeah, like, yeah. oh shit, it's oh, oh. And he starts. That reaching. one got away he from starts, me. He starts reaching for like uh, napkins and like like towels and stuff that are like, gauze. That's the word yeah, you're looking gauze. for. Well, uh, no, they were. It was. I'm not sure if it was gauze in this particular uh, instance. It was like some sort of. Plat, like paper towel nurse i need paper towels stat or it was like it was like the same it looked they looked like napkins you know they looked like napkins but whatever it was um he starts reaching for them and he just nurse starts, like, i nicked him we need the brawny we need the brawny yes exactly so he just starts using like fill he starts just starts like reaching in my mouth with this with all these uh like napkin type materials and just coming out and they're just like bright red 
He, they go in white, they come out red. It's like a magic trick. <laughs> literally, literally. And I'm like, and I go, huh? And he's like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. You're fine. This is exactly what you want to hear in that situation. <laughs> you're fine. And then, and yeah, exactly. And then they, they, uh, they finished up. And at the very end, he, they didn't say anything until the very end. And finally at the very end, they're like, okay. So, Graham, we gave you a few stitches. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had noticed. Yeah, like, it's like we, um, we gave you these stitches. Do tell uh, the drill. The drill. Uh, uh, we lost control of the drill. Kind of cut your tongue a little bit. Uh, oh. He said, "Good thing is uh, the mouth heals faster than any other part of the body." This is true. Probably, probably because it is uh, just covered in saliva, and saliva is partially something that helps, like. Heal. Keep, it's got healing yeah, properties. Heal. That's why hedgehogs healing, lick themselves. Properties. Exactly. You ever so, seen that? I have. Yeah. A hedgehog like with the foam and shit. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I wish I could lick my butt that way. No, just I didn't need to hear you say that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't need to hear you say that. You know. And yet, just you still that put it on. Cool. <laughs> you know. Let's keep going. <sighs> Well, that that name was just burned into my brain. Oh God, why do you do this? It's you like it, I mean, you've had calamari, right? Mm. Think about the- <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I have broken Graham. Hey, nice haircut. Thank you. Yeah, it looks good. The back looks really good. Barbara did a good job. Let's see. I. Believe it or not, I have 11 stitches on my face alone. At this exact moment or have had? Have had. Cumulative. Okay. 11 stitches on my face. Very nice. Fucking Frankenstein over here, son. And then I've had six in my finger. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, when I was four, mm. uh, there was a playground near my house and my parents had gone to like some sort of like dinner date, like function, like a... Uh, banquet thing and so I was left in the care of this uh, 16 year old uh, friend and she's uh, she was letting me play on the playground that was near our house and I tried to climb up the metal slide and I slipped and just went and smacked my chin on this slide and slit my chin open Yeah, and proceeded to basically give this 16 year old girl like ptsd because she flipped she was so scared you know i'm bleeding profusely we get in the car she brings me to my parents pulls them out of the banquet and like i'm so sorry mrs mrs rokes you did it and they're like it's fine just take him to the hospital like we'll take him he's fine like you'll live it's one of my first memories to be honest and just like yeah i remember i remember doing that and this girl just flipping out so that was pretty entertaining yeah. Uh, before that, so that was like one of my first memories when I was like four or five. Before that, when I was like two, uh, mm-hmm. I got three stitches on my lip because <clears throat> I was apparently jumping like a little shithead from like furniture to furniture. It's like a little like a you know kid, and I tried to jump from the couch to the table and missed, and just on the edge of the table. And yeah, yeah. So I had to get three stitches when I was very very young. If I shave, you can still see the scar. It's pretty cool. You know, uh, you've reminded me. One of my earliest memories is also getting severely hurt. Um, I was sitting on the upper upper side, like the back side of the couch, 
<clears throat> when I was probably three, and I fell off and cracked my chin super hard, uh, uh, so bad that I still have a scar on my chin that is now covered by my beard. But whenever I shave it or or I have like a thin beard, it's very noticeable if I like crinkle if I crinkle my, my yeah. chin, it's just this massive scar on my chin. Um, probably something you should have gotten like medical attention for and you just never did. Probably. I don't know. If yeah, I, I don't like remember. The medical atten- I don't remember if my parents got, got like took me and got stitches. Um, I was just like, I was three years old. So I, the only thing I do, I do remember is sitting on the couch and falling off. That's my entire <laughs> recollection of that. <laughs> So, let's see. And then I have five stitches right here under my eye. So, and this is, this actually, this story goes way back. Uh, so, harken back, if you will. Spring 2004. Cell phones were still up and coming. Y2K was still believed to be a thing, yet we were still, we were four years after it. And I was living in Wisconsin, of all fucking places. Mm-hmm. And I played baseball. I played the baseball and I played outfield. And we're doing practice. And the coach says, All right, Rokes, here's one for you. And he hits me a nice pop fly, you know, to practice my, uh, my catching. And I put my glove up. I'm in position. And here comes the ball. Smacks me right on the chin. Or uh, right in my face, right beneath my eye, right here. I can still, like, if I feel it, actually, you can, like, I feel, it feels funny. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. Right underneath my eye. Hit me hard. Hit me good. And, my mom, you know, I go home. I tell my parents what happened. I can, like, it's red. It's starting to swell, you know, like any bruise does. My mom flips out, takes me to the hospital. They do x-rays. They do all this sort of tests. And they say, he's As fine. mom does. <laughs> of course. I love my mom. She's, she's very yeah. protective. She's a good mom. And uh, they tell me cheekbones fine, sinus is fine. He's just gonna have a big, bad, big ass bruise. Nothing's broken. And sure as shit, I wake up the next day and this eye is swelled shut. I got a bruise. I got a shine to the size of like I look like I got punched by Mike Tyson repeatedly. Well, what did you expect, Rokes? You got hit. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's exactly what like I expected. But it's just, <laughs> yeah, like terminal velocity, bitches. That hurt. Shit hurt. Uh, and I used to, and I, you know, I pissed off my brother because people were like, "Oh shit, what happened?" I'm like, "Carl, unleash the fury." And Carl's like, "Why are you telling people I punched you?" Because <laughs> it's, it's more believable than I took a baseball to the face. <laughs> but yeah, he was a big dude. Carl was a big dude. He still is. Anyway, so that heals up. But even at the time, my nickname became Scott Smalls. Which, if you ever seen The Sandlot, he takes a fly ball to the face. So Smalls, plus you know the new kid in town, all that. So. And that was my reputation for a good while was you're killing me smalls. Yeah, it's fine. You know, honestly, it's not the worst nickname I've had. The worst one was Dorothy. And we're not going to talk about that tonight. Hmm. So cut to a year later, almost a year later to the date, March, 2006, five. Yeah. 2005. Sorry. I'm drunk. I've had three brandies and I've half a beer. Yes. I'm in gym class. And a kid comes past me, and I'm playing defense on uh, basketball. We're doing basketball in gym class, playing defense. And this kid comes up, goes up for a layup, and he shoots the shot, and he comes down, and his elbow 
scrapes the side of my face. Comes down on the left side of my face now. Almost a year to the date. So everybody's obviously just like, oh, shit. It's the return of Scott Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. Uh, like my face is swelling up. And the grit of his elbow had sliced me open. You know, that weenus? Yep. Which you can't lick, by the way. Try it. You won't be able to. You want to lick my weenus? Fine. You'll have me do this. Oh, Jesus do it. Christ. Do it up while I finish the story. Everybody watch Graham try to lick his weenus. <laughs> Come on, Gene Simmons. You can do it. Look at him. He's trying to get there. He thinks he can do it. He's got faith. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I never thought I could do it. It's, it's. I just wanted to give it the old college try. Yeah, well, that's what Maybe you do now these days. My arm. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> this is an episode on injuries, but let's not. Right. We'll get to that one next. Uh, the shoulder surgery, but um, yeah. So I go to the doctor, and it wasn't a deep cut, but it was a wide cut. And he had sliced open my cheek, and so they put five stitches right beneath my eye. So, yeah. So, you got five here, three here, and three here. It's 11 total on my face. And then six on my wow. finger. I uh, was trying to cut a knot off of a tree, and I probably mm-hmm. should not have done that. And so I sliced through the knot and into my finger all the way down to the bone, not realizing what I was using was a hunting knife and not a wood knife because I'm an idiot. Yeah. And it was actually pretty hysterical because it was so smooth. It was just like, and it felt like a paper cut. And I go, ow. And I shook my finger hard and sucked on it. Went inside, tried to like rinse it off. And then like my parents come in like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I cut myself. And my mom takes one look at it and goes, oh, you need stitches. Rush me off to the hospital, get the stitches done. I come back. And my brother Carl's pissed at me. And he's like, what? He was like, you cut yourself. I'm like, yeah, I know. I just got stitches. And he goes, yeah, well, did you do this when you cut yourself? And I go, yeah. And he goes, I know. I had to clean the ceiling and the roof of the garage floor because it was blood was splurting everywhere as you waved your finger around. <laughs> so oh, wow. he's like, I had to clean it up, you asshole. Uh, Good times. Didn't happen to me, but I'll cap friend, this off quote, with quote. the worst. It was my old boss at... Uh, uh, a grocery store in, in, in Gig Harbor, Washington, uh, who he's very, very good with the bandsaw using it. Or was. Uh, or, or he he is. He is very good. This was years ago. This was years Based ago. Based on the discussions. I don't know where this is going. It, he's been doing it for, you know, probably 20 years at this point. Um, but this was back in, I want to say, 2015, 2016. Um, yeah. and, and it was just like he kind of gotten so confident with it um, that he wasn't thinking about it as much anymore and uh, didn't cut off his fingers. But he basically like cut off just the front like- of his yeah like just the, the layer of skin on the top of your or the, the front of your hand yeah yeah oh, and yeah. yeah it was awful um and uh i had i had some co-workers when i was there who like wait he it had happened when they had just started so 
So those fuckers were traumatized. They, they were like traumatized early in their in their time at that job. It was, it was like, see what I just crazy. did? Don't do that. Don't do that, kid. OSHA one hundred and one. Um, also, call a call a hospital, call mm-hmm. an ambulance. Um, get a coroner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> get him a body just, bag. Get a coroner. Um, uh. But yeah, that was that was I know I didn't see it, but I saw some photos. I did I they took some photos for God knows what reason. They were like, hey, 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 put it high five. That's like that's like that's what TikTok is now. But that was like back in 2015, 2016 or something like that. Like, what the fuck? Uh, So, yeah, um, and that made me never want to use the bandsaw. Uh, But they always pussied out in production design and film school. I just have a healthy um, fear of, of of big machines with giant blades that can, uh, at a moment's notice, cut a part of you off. I was, if I may, I was really, I don't want to say impressed, but like shocked at how, I don't want to say cavalier, because they did give us a good overview and they did a good job like preparing the students at VFS to use that kind of machinery, but just kind of like, okay, here's an hour and a half overview of the equipment. Now go. just go ahead and make something. <laughs> yeah. It was like, here's a band saw. Here's a circular saw. Here's a sander, which doesn't seem like much, but like you fuck around with that thing. It could do some shit. Yeah. Like they kind of were just like, all right, you know, don't be stupid go and it's like are you have you met the human race they're fucking stupid so i i don't know i've 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 taken woodworking class and i've taken shop classes i'm not good at it by no means am i a good carpenter or woodworker but like i know how to fear and respect those machines Mm -hmm. so i was okay but just they're like here's a nail gun yeah go my brother's a woodworker. I'm I'm around him when he's working in the shop and I have my camera and I'm filming him doing stuff, but like he's working with it. I'm not. I'm staying yeah. away from it. Um I just have a healthy, you know respect uh, for that uh, machinery. Respect for the machinery and I and that respect includes me staying the fuck away from it. <laughs> um some parent, I don't care who, but some parent taught him to fear and respect that escalator. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> good, good reference. I like that. Uh, I We've got to talk about something else, man. We've got to talk about something else because this is just, this is so boring. The whole show this, is boring. Get used to it. But this especially, this especially is super boring. We well, I was to trying to turn it into a whole episode else. of injuries, so we didn't have to figure out a subject matter. But you well, know, I liked your idea about talking about books. I was trying to find a segue into that, and then you just kept talking about injuries. Yeah, we were having a good conversation. We were just kind of rolling with it. The book shit can wait. You know, we were having a great. You know, it was flowing. It was natural. It worked, and then you ruined the magic. I don't know. I just had to say it was. I, I was starting to get very bored. Yeah, the last well, story I told, I was reaching. I was like, I don't know about this. Oh, I've got stories for days about injuries. I mean, you saw how uh, I fucked up my wrist up there in Vancouver, right? Yes, I do remember that. 
Yeah, it's still fucked up. Mm-hmm. Shocker, I know. Well, tell you what, here's a segue. Horrible segue. Tell us what you're smoking tonight. I'm still smoking that all-purpose flower, my dude. Still? Holy it, shit. I got a lot of it. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking good. Yeah? It's, it's good. It's good. doing good. It's, uh, Is it a hybrid or? Justice. Uh, no, it's a sativa, but it feels like it's a hybrid. Let me tell you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, especially with the Especially with the name all-purpose, you kind of expect it to be a hybrid. Because, you know, it doesn't always yeah. put me out of commission after I smoke it. Sometimes I'm like, work. But then other times I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to chill. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chill out. Kick back. <laughs> and you want to, like, maybe, you know, kick back and read a book? Yeah. Hey, look at that transition. Play, play a game, read a book. What have you been reading, Corey? I was going to ask you the same thing. Why don't you, why don't we tell us about your reading for now? Well, as you know, um, I'm taking a class on 19th century British novels. So I've been reading a few classics, a few classics, um, such as first off, we have Jane Eyre. Oh God. With uh, Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre. Oh Yeah. I am uh, never read. Fan. Well, I tried to read it, and that, that shit was drier than a nun. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, uh, the Bronte sisters' writings. They're yeah, they could they are on surface very dry, but they are so riddled with in uh, intricacies and and eccentricities. Um, they are kind of they're the first like group of writers who who kind of wrote together in the same alternate universe they created an alternate universe to write within one that was just slightly different from our own one where they could manipulate the rules and make things more progressive for them and uh so that's why in all three of the books there are um uh, references to to glowing lights that shine down on the main uh, character uh, when they're at their lowest. Um, a, 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 a light shining from an alternate uh, a world, and uh, every every all three of the books: Jane Eyre, Wuthering Heights, and uh, the the tenant at. Uh, something hall i forget what that one's called um they uh they all reference uh, a glowing light from another world <clears throat> so in the very very early uh 1800s they uh kind of had this interconnected world that they had created in their private writings which have never been revealed um but wild published sorry wildfell hall Wildfell Hall, that's right. Um, they they were the kind of the first writers, arguably uh, uh, in modern times, so, uh, so to speak, that were writing within this kind of shared universe in in novel in novel form. Uh, arguably, Shakespeare was doing the same thing, and and some other classic Greek writers, but um, 
this is the first time in in the novel in in the prose writing format that we are seeing evidence of of kind of a shared uh, alternate world, uh, one where they could manipulate the rules and 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 show a world that they wanted to see instead of the one that they were seeing uh, in life. Um, so I've been reading that. Um, we also uh, the first book we read this this semester was Northanger Abbey. Which is a Jane Eyre, uh, Jane Eyre's final novel, and arguably her her most personal. Jane Eyre, or um, Bronte. Sorry, uh, of Jane Austen. Ah, oh. of this is the the final book of Jane Austen, um, and uh, you know, Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, Emma. Um, but this was her final book, and it's very kind of simple in premise about a woman who goes to bath in england for vacation falls in love with um a man who is uh a clergyman and finds out that his father he's wonderful and his uh sister is wonderful but his father and his eldest brother who's going to inherit uh northanger abbey are just these devious fucking assholes Mm. And so uh, a lot of you know terrible things happen along the way, uh, but it's a very simple novel in, in plot structure. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, most recently, we read uh, Great Expectations. You'll mm. probably know that one, Dickens' classic, uh, Great Expectations. Yeah. Uh, and then we are just about to start, or should have started. I'm I'm starting it tomorrow. Um, uh, the picture of Dorian Gray, Ooh. By Oscar Wilde, uh, There's an which interesting I'm very one. excited about because it's the only one of the three that I haven't read yet. So, uh, I think you're gonna have you have you read Oscar Wilde? Uh, I've read all his plays. I haven't read any of his prose. I was gonna say uh, I feel like you're gonna like Oscar Wilde. From what I understand, his uh, whereas his plays are almost entirely comedic and humorous, and very little uh, to uh, go on but simple whimsy. Uh, the the prose is much darker and more existential, and that is yeah. something I'm very excited about because that's right up my alley, baby. Yeah, I'd never read Oscar Wilde, but I know like. I studied all these books in my British literature class, literature class in high school. I didn't read them because I was a slacker. But yeah, from what I remember of my Wilde's writings and how I know about you, I think you're really going to enjoy that uh, mm-hmm. that writing style. So yeah, good luck with that. You'll have to we'll have to do a follow up, uh, a Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions novels part two by Deuce. It's a hand. What I Tramps holding up a book of a hand. Is- I'm, well, it's the picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah, I don't know that. The from what I know of the story on that one, I was always kind of like, "What?" When, it, but all I know is from uh, the movie version of Alan Moore's comic, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, that combines you know all the, like the fantastical Victorian era uh, novels, Frankenstein, Dracula, Dorian mm. Gray, yes. Nemo from. T- uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I loved that that movie when I was five years old. Yeah, I believe it. When you were five years old. The movie doesn't hold up super well, especially when you know that like Sean Connery hated it, and it's widely believed that's the movie that considered 
why Sean Connery retired from acting. Because he was like, oh, is this what filmmaking is becoming? Yeah, he was not happy. I enjoyed it, too. I owned it for a while. I just thought it was a great movie. Like, I loved the idea behind it, and I would love to read the comic, but I've heard the comic is not the same, so I'm like, yeah, do I even want to try it? But Um, anyway. Well, I've heard the comic is better. I've also heard that the comic uh, uh, has some very uh, insensitive representations of uh, different different ethnicities. Um, But it's also... Probably because it was replicating or or, or that commenting on yeah on the nineteen on the nineteenth century British era. It's going to say it takes um, place. So so that's that's a good way to argue it. But you know, in like for example, my my prof was uh, explaining that she used to use the the comic book at, to end the the nineteenth century uh, British novels class because she felt it was a good way to kind of wrap it up. It's like let's let's read something modern that that talks about characters from uh, the nineteenth century um, huh. instead of diving into all the other ones. We can, we can you know look at these. This is a fun kind of you know still very literary because it's Alan Moore for fuck's sake. Um, yeah right. We, Very contemporary we still get too. to you still get to like really experience kind of uh, uh, what those characters are like, and then you find which ones you're most interested in. You go and dive into it on in your own free time. I think that's a brilliant way to do it. But I understand her reasoning as to why she uh, felt not to do it anymore, and we're replacing it with a, another book. I'm forgetting the name of, but we're gonna uh, dive into that once picture of Dorian Gray is uh, uh, over and and finish out the semester. All right. So we have follow up later on, but uh, we got a follow up later on. So I just finished reading a book. I remember you recommended it to me. I remember thinking, yeah, okay, whatever. When you suggested it to me, I don't know why. I don't. I think it's just because you and I have just very different tastes. And it's not a slight. That's not. That's just being honest. Like we have when it comes, especially when it comes to literary. Like just like you just said about like the. The Bronte sisters, you were like, oh, I love this shit. It gets me wet. I'm just <laughs> like, mm, no, I'd rather I'd rather get the the Bronte sisters wet than read their books. Like, uh, no. And, sure. and that's, you know, so when I remember you suggested it to me and I just kind of like brushed it off. And then Hannah was reading this the, the same book and I was like, oh, you know, and obviously no offense to you, but I'm like, oh, here's a girl I'm dating. I want to share her interests and try to have common ground. Right. And so I checked it out and uh, I'm, I'm glad, like I'm glad that you suggested it to me and I'm glad that she kind of brought it up and uh, I just finished it. It's pillars of the earth by Ken Fowlett. Mm-hmm. Uh, Follett. Follett, Fowlett, Fowlett, whatever. F O L L E T T. Sure. Fowlett, Fowlett. Anyway, book, <laughs> Pillars of the Earth, uh, book that was written back in 1989, my birth year, awesome, and it's, I don't know, I think uh, I enjoyed it a lot more than I anticipated. I really, I, I find myself digging the fiction based on fact books. This is the second one, this is the second series I've, re- I've read that is a, a fiction based on fact. Uh, the other one being uh, The Work and the Glory, which was a nine-book series 
about a fictional family following the beginnings of the Mormon religion and uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's a whole series of, the, you know, following this family and they, like, each member of the family took a different stance that how people reacted to Joseph Smith and the Golden Plates and basically followed him for like 20 some odd years. And I pillars of the earth. There was a lot of similarities where it started at one point in time, but unlike work in the glory pillars of the earth just had time jumps. It, the mm-hmm. book was broken into segments and had these time jumps. It was like 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not upset about that. I thought that was a good, a good way to do things. Cause it kept things interesting. Yeah. It, you know, you could see these people saying, at like, different points in their lives. These are the important times. Like we don't yeah. need to dive into this section of time because this is when it was really bad. And then for this time, it was nothing most very interesting. It's like, we're just going to jump over the time where it's not interesting and not try and make it interesting. We're just going to. Exactly. Go and over. so, and for those who don't know, just a brief log line, you know, three cents log line. Uh, Pillars of the earth is about a fictional town in England during the 12th century, yeah, yes, 1100s, 1100s, and the the building of a cathedral, yeah, and the people who are involved in doing so, such as the the religious leader who runs the town, the you know, and he's trying to be usurped by the higher ups in the religious community. You have the guy who's building the cathedral and his family, uh, and then uh, the the we also follow the antagonist who is the um, Earl or leader of the neighboring town who, you know, covets much of what these folks have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's a yeah. good way to summarize it in just general. It is, it is based off of the building of Salisbury cathedral, which I believe is um, actually, they, they go to the building site of Salisbury and he tried and Tom Builder tries to get a job there within the first hundred pages of the book. Yep. Um, Tom being the building, the, the guy who's building the cathedral at the yeah. beginning of the book. I believe it's within the first 40 pages, 30 pages of the book. He goes. It's in the Salisbury. first part. It's in the first time <laughs> yeah. zone, so to speak. Yeah. He go. Uh, it, it's kind of a, like a, a nod saying like, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about Salisbury, just not Salisbury. Um, Called Kingsbridge. Kingsbridge. Ah, what a wonderful place. And um <laughs> With such New Lock is a perfect town, and um, yeah, I I have loved that book for many years. I I first read it when I was in sixth grade. Um, That's and, impressive. Uh, I I was an active reader um, when I was very young. It was about eighth or eighth or ninth grade when when I suddenly. I think my own creative writing kind of got inside my head. So whenever I would read, I would think about. Uh, my own writing and it started uh, uh, making me uh, disconnect from reading like, difficult to actually like finish stuff um, but before that I was an active reader I was once challenged to read um, uh, 12 books over the course of a Christmas break in 8th grade and I did it uh, I read the entire Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy, The Hobbit, um, and uh, uh, read the entire Percy Jackson book series. <laughs> so that's like um, six. So we're up to five, ten. 
Yeah, a 10. And then I read, um, I think it was the first time I read um, Snow Crash and The Diamond Age. So, uh, yeah, I I threw on two books I didn't know and then just read a bunch of books that I... um, Oh, that's not fair. (laughs) It's okay. I cheated too. Don't worry. It's fine. We had this thing in high school or middle school. It was called the the Accelerated Reader Program or something like that. Where they came out every year, they would give you a shit ton list of books. It was like 50 books. Mm-hmm. And then each book had a point value based on the complexity of the plot, the length of the book, uh, and other factors. And so you could, and then every, and then during the course of the year, you had to, you would read a book and then go take a test on the teacher's computer. You'd go up to the teacher and say, Teach, I read this book. I want to take the test on it. They would set you up. You take like a 20 question test just to prove that you read it. Mm-hmm. And then if you got it, each you got those points. And so, and then each year you had to accumulate a certain amount of points. It was like 50 points. So you could either read a shit ton of easy books like the Percy Jackson series. Let's be honest, yeah. they're young adult. They're not, they're, they're, they're Harry Potters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, or you could read more complicated books like The Pillars of the Earth or Lord of the Rings or uh, what I did was The Sword of Shannara, which if you haven't read that, it is the most blatant, blatant fucking ripoff of Lord of the Rings that I've ever read. Yeah. Well, like, it was most, almost a parody. Most things are ripoffs of Lord of the Rings. No. Are you familiar? Are you familiar no, with, hold um, on. I We're not going to gloss over this. You... you <laughs> It is insane how, like, one for one it is. The only difference, the only major difference is instead of a ring, it's a sword that they're trying to take care of. But, like, you have the reluctant hero. You have the fellowship. You have have them breaking apart. And you have a a human, a, a elf, and a dwarf who team up. You have two, you know, the, like underlings. I can't remember what they're called, but they're not hobbits, but they're underlings. Like they're smaller people, right. and they're teamed up. Then they go off looking for the sword, and they're followed by a gangly, like undead creature, Gollum style. It is Terry Brooks copy and pasted. I am so surprised this book got published. Yeah, because it is insane how close it is to Lord of the Rings. Um, but so back to the point and I'll finish my story and you can continue just about the cheating. By the time they did this program, I had read all Lord of the Rings because this is where the movies were coming out and all, all the Harry Potters up to this point. And they ranked both those series super fucking high. So I would go, I went in like on the second day of school, took all the tests I needed for the year. I would do like Lord nice. of the Rings and it was like, Boom, 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 done. And then next year, Harry Potter, which was like, I think, uh, four books up to Goblet of Fire. Doo, 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 and then one book left. And so I did Sword of Shannara. That was it. Hmm. So, yeah. That's my I, story. Um, are you familiar with the Dragonlance book series? You've probably seen that logo in fantasy sections. Dragonlance. I've heard of it. I mean, I used to work at Barnes and Noble, so it's, it's... it's a offshoot of D anD D, and for whatever um, the name yeah. of the company that runs D anD D, 
um, Magic Shore, whatever. Whatever. Um, I don't, I'm they, too lazy to look it up. Dragonlance is an interesting kind of like connected D&D writer's universe. And I read a couple books in that series. And for a eight-year-old, I thought that they were pretty cool. And I thought it was pretty cool that I was reading an advanced book at eight years old. <laughs> Technically, it was advanced in the writing. It was just not good. Um, <laughs> uh, but basically, Fair. it was they. The story I read was it was a blatant ripoff of Lord of the Rings, and but it was just focusing on the Aragorn, Legolas, and uh, Gimli part of Lord of the Rings. And you had to go read the other like offshoot books to find the kind of Frodo and Sam version <laughs> stuff, which was and the Frodo and Sam were like a mm-hmm. like a twin. Uh, oh, uh, so you read a, a book by EA and you had to get the DLC. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you yes, had to piecemeal the story exactly. together with the DLC and you had to pay yeah. for it. Oh, you want the Sam and Frodo version? You got to pay for it. Yeah. So I yeah I read those series I, I actually read the the Aragorn Legolas and, and Gimli and the uh, kind of Frodo and Sam story but the Frodo and Sam one were kind of like uh, uh, twins one's a warrior and one's a, a mage like a kind of withered old mage but the mage is like floating between being a good guy and a bad guy between the books like in some books he's very much a bad guy and some in one book he's like kind of a good guy and then the t- but the twin the warrior is like always a noble kind of like I will protect my brother whatever it takes um, very Samwise <laughs> Um, but the, but the story, but the story is the stories were very very much just like Lord of the Rings, like oh we must get the the amulet to the to the cave of wonders. Just had that MacGuffin and the destination, basically. Yeah, fair, exactly. Fair. <clears throat> but they, but the the knight and the wizard twins, they had their story that was going on at the same time as the as the um, half human half elf the elf woman archer and the dwarf with the axe wow dwarves have axes that's not surprising the only thing that it was literally just oh let's make uh the aragorn guy uh, a half elf and let's make the elf a woman let's change nothing else though half human half elf is a ranger from the north i mean the elf was a woman Arwen was a woman. Talk about Legolas. Oh. Let's make Legolas I thought you were referring to make, like... Make the Legolas character a woman. That was what the book did. It was, it was like... That's what Lord of the Rings it. was missing. The bromance of the bromance Aragorn of... and Legolas. Ah. Oh. He was like, fuck you, Arwen. I'm in love with Legolas. That's yes. what we needed. That's what yeah. it made Tolkien's story in if, 20 if times better. If they had better. made Aragorn by... That would have been, I think that would have been very, like, strong. It's like, he's just conflicted over, Arwen's very hot, but Legolas can get, Legolas can get it. I mean, (laughs) let's, cards on the fucking table. Legolas and Gimli. Ultimate bromance. Yes or no? Ultimate bromance. Yeah, way better than Frodo and Sam. Way better than, you know. I mean, those two sailed away together. Abed. Better than Troy and Abed in Community. That's a controversial one, right? but I'm going to say it. Like Harold and Kumar. Like these two, I ship Gimli, you know, Legolas, the. the yes. Gimless. Gimless. 
Gimless. That's horrible. I'm never going to say that word again. Uh, but they did sail away together. If you've read the appendices of Return of the King, the end of the Fellowship is when uh, they built a raft and they sailed away together. Like Ultimate romance. It makes me happy. I mean, in the ultimate Tolkien canon, oh, not canon, because this wasn't canon, Tamriel and the Hobbit movies... Tamriel refuses Legolas, so he becomes gay for a dwarf. That's what Tam- happens. <laughs> Tamriel. The uh, Tamriel, a- Evangeline the Lily. Evangeline Lily. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the oh, Hobbit movies. You know what? They stole the name. I thought I thought you were almost like, uh, Tamriel is the continent in Elder Scrolls, sir. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. No, I didn't steal it. Yeah, Peter Jackson did. Thank you very much. Peter Jackson did. Yeah, no, you I can just see him like playing. He's just like, Peter, we're ready for another picture. Hold on, I'm playing Skyrim. I'm playing Skyrim. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me, um, I'm killing a dragon here with the, uh, my phosphorus. Uh, honestly, I could see that being a thing because, <laughs> and for this reason, and this reason alone, because of the Battle of the Five Studios. <laughs> um, the fact that everyone was was uh, just like shitting all over everything that was going on, and like fighting over what should happen and what should go where, and who, like you know, what actors had had like made a splash in the media and so they needed a force in there into a role that wasn't necessarily in the book you know they like just things like that mm. and um and peter jackson that's that's the reason that guillermo del toro left if you yeah remember, we've talked about you, that yeah guillermo del toro stepped down because he could not handle just the bullshit uh that they were putting everybody through and yeah. he was like i i either have control or fuck you and they said okay fuck you and um <laughs> and so peter jackson was kind of forced to take over and he didn't want to he just wanted to step back and produce it he wanted uh, yeah. he liked no we've, we've talked about that at nauseum yeah uh yeah but for for the listeners who haven't heard us talk about that because that's a long time ago now that is but at the same time like we're talking about books we need to talk about hollywood politics sure we can go back down then that i if if you want let's tie back read this book that i'm i i've started like several times and i need to fucking finish it anything you can imagine is the is the title anything you can imagine Hmm. and it is the story of the making of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies from an author who followed Peter Jackson throughout the entire part. And it is, I've read like three quarters of it. And then that's when I started film school and I fell off, you know, I was too busy to continue reading, but it's super fucking fascinating just to read the behind the scenes, like things and learn how like things kind of went down. And, and then he, you know, he deep dives into like, how the movies came to be. I mean, we had Ralph Bakshi's with his uh, 1970s versions of the movies. And then the Beatles wanted to make Lord of the Rings for a long time. People don't know that. That's a, that, no, and, that's a very fun part of history. And can you tell me who they wanted to direct it? Oh, uh, I... Um, Very prolific uh, director in the uh, 70s. Um, Mostly known for like horror and scary movies. 
fuck. I just, yeah, I, I knew it. I knew it. And I just forgot his name. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. Excuse, fuck. Yeah. My God. That's what I was yeah. literally trying Beatles to Beatles wanted to make a Lord of the Rings films with say. Stanley Kubrick. But so anyway, yeah. read that book. I'll finish reading it and we'll talk about that on a later episode. But let's, yeah. let's, let's dive back to Pillars of the Earth. Cause like. That book is so good, man. <laughs> it was shockingly good and, and how it was able to. I mean, this was like Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. I in think the sense that Game that, of Thrones would not have the structure that it does and not the uh, uh, attention to, like, character development without this book. I think that this book was hugely influential on um, on Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, it, in just a thousand pages, you get a full game of thrones level like political battle of real history but also a fabricated history for this specific town that is connected to real history and uh a lot of the information you get is legit like how cathedral you know how life was how people were treated how cathedrals were built and how architecture was in the 1100s Mm-hmm. exactly like it's all relatively accurate information yeah and it feels very medieval um mm-hmm. you know there are dirt dirt roads and the very few houses and there are very few people really around uh until they actually start building the fucking thing um, and even then yeah and even then there's barely any anybody but they're still around. you know they talk about like oh it's a one room house and the privies in the back and you got a little garden and yeah. the only way you can survive is you gotta work all day and make a living like there's no leisure time there's no downtime it's i think it's that this, hardcore it's a I, it, one way to put it is that this is kind of like um <clears throat> there's a, it's a series you know you you've started reading the second one i believe yeah, uh, yeah, I'm like reading, uh, a third of the way in. Reading through the series is kind of like a uh, 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 playing through The Sims, leaving it for a while and then coming back, and and the world has has just kind of grown up and done a bunch of things without you, and that's what going from the first to the second to the third and back to the you know uh, uh, prequel kind of feel. And like. they have a new I one coming out this fall. Did you know that? That's gonna go even further back, isn't it, or something? <laughs> no, no, it's a there's a it's a full on sequel to the third book because the, the fourth book was a prequel. Oh, they're there's doing a, it in the seventeen hundreds now. Um, keep talking, I'll find out. I could totally see them doing it all the way up until uh, him 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 writing uh, books about Kingsbridge all the way up until the modern day, doing just different conflicts during World War Two, doing different things. Uh, yeah, seventeen hundreds. It's uh coming out i mean there's so much to september it's called the armor of light kingsbrook's king's bridge book five huh and it takes place uh, the it starts in 1770 huh well i look forward to it i need to so. finish the I, I i still haven't gone and like finished the third book because the third book released when i was still um when I was in my, you know, kind of rut of not being able to read um, as well or as efficiently as I used to. But I need to go back and finish the third book, read the prequel, um, and now read this new book that's coming out. Because I love me a good Ken Follett Kingsbridge story. They're all they're all juicy. Yeah, I'm really 
I've been enjoying World Without End. And I got to say the audiobook, which is how I've been primarily consuming both these books. The guy does a great fucking job. Mm-hmm. It's like shockingly good at uh, the voices and his is just his timbre with how it, 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 it you know, just flows. Uh, John Lee is the guy's name. Very good. Uh, I don't know if he's doing all the voices, but I kind of have the inkling that he does. Like I can't confirm it, but it does. It sounds like he's just doing impressions, and and yet he's like you fully kind of like you believe. You know, it's like okay, that's yeah. that's how Aliana would sound. I mean, it's a little more yeah. masculine, obviously, as a man, but like that a tender, soft voice. Is it the same guy carries, for Pillars of the Earth and World Without End? And yeah, and he's doing. Nice. Yeah, I started the audiobook for World Without End, which is the sequel. It takes place two hundred years later. And he's he's doing it again, and it's even different. Like he pulls out different accents, he pulls out different inflections. So you have a difference between uh, Murfin and uh, you know uh, Godwin. All these characters as as the story progresses, I'm just I'm just really impressed. I just think he deserves a good shout out. Like narrators to audiobooks do not get the praise they deserve. Shit, right. one of the audiobooks I downloaded, and I just haven't listened to it yet, is um. Uh, Andy Circus for Lord of the Rings. I want to. I'm, I'm excited Ooh, yeah. to listen. My to My brother's that. been listening to that one. He said it's fantastic. Uh, I listened to the first little bit of it, and I thought it was really good. I just, you yeah. know, the, I listened the, to the uh, thing about audiobooks is that you kind of need a task to do to to make it worth your while. <laughs> yeah, you can't just sit working. there and just be like, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm the when I when I go into the dark room uh, uh, for photography, I I often take audiobooks because I can be there for several hours, and 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 that's just a good time to to listen to audiobooks. Yeah, I do it when um, I'm, I find I've been listening to while while I'm editing at work, or the big one is these drives to Appleton and back to visit uh, mm-hmm. Hannah, which I don't want to do when she moves here later uh, later this month because like it's going to cut in my audiobook time, but uh, editing. Yeah, it's gonna really just boil down to when I'm editing or you know doing my commute if I'm not listening to my other podcasts. Or so. you could take up exercise. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> I know I was. I was <laughs> Let's um... slow your roll, homie. Slow your roll. <laughs> Come on. But uh, no, it's it's been a really good book. Ooh, uh, ooh, ooh. take up ooh. Uh, take up extravagant cooking. Like cooking yeah, exercise t- like is more likely. Hour- hour or two hour cooking you know yeah no i don't have the patience for that i need to be doing i don't know we'll see with hannah around maybe i'll have the energy to do that i i have a hard time cooking for myself but maybe with hannah around maybe you know maybe I books together but Wouldn't not a big lovely? deal yeah cook and listen to audiobooks together that sounds lovely that she sounds still better. has to she still has she's still in like she's like 75 percent of the way through pills of the earth i've i jumped over her because she was like a quarter of the way in the book when she uh, suggested it to me and then uh, i started reading slash listening to it to which she considers cheating yeah she you know she gets it because it's again i've been driving nine hours a week for the last three months it's fair you know more or less and she you know she's been doing the bus to come see me god bless her like you know she's been putting in the effort and i really appreciate her for it but it just it doesn't make sense for her to pay twice as much and spend twice as much time in the vehicle mm-hmm. than it does for me to get there. So I've had a lot of opportunity to, to consume this media and I have, and yes, 
And uh, so she's going to finish that book and, you know, see if she wants to continue. But uh, it's been good. I've been really enjoying it. Like it's it really yeah, it has a lot of Game of Thrones vibes where no one is really the main character. Or if there is, it's it, you know, it it jumps around significantly. And I, I appreciated that. It kind of kept me guessing. But and I've told you this off air, but my only beef is it really didn't come to a climax. It really you just if you're reading this book, don't expect it to come to like an ultimate battle or a one on one showdown or a yeah. a big like dun, 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 well, it's dun, 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 moment. It's just it, it, life. like that's what that's kind of what I hoped Game of Thrones was going to be. Honestly, was like well, that's what we got. Were, and it was boring. No, I honestly yeah. I felt like we got that ultimate showdown. and I was like, what the fuck? Um we get it. I, it just was piss poor, but it was still. That's what like, I'm saying. It was everything like, gets everything gets resolved in its in in its own climactic way. But the book Game of Thrones or Pillars of the Earth, Pillars of the Earth, and same same with Game of Thrones up until the end of the series. Um, but like they have their stories have like will have climactic moments, uh, big yeah. very exciting things that happen. But the book itself does not have a like a climax and i think that's uh the thing to look at is like that's what game of thrones could have been in the ending it could have been uh could have replicated that by having okay we have these individual climaxes and in the end it just ends it just pitters out and this is the resolution no i think they game of thrones they wrote themselves in a corner and they needed a big climactic thing and they tried with first the white walkers in the darkest episode ever to air on television and then they had the scorching of king's landing with uh khaleesi Mm -hmm. um whatever and it just like they tried. It just didn't stick to landing. But I agree with you. I think like if they had done some, if they had focused more on the minor to culminate in the major, it would have been better. But it just, they, it was very unbalanced. And Pillars of the Earth, I don't know the way they. Yeah, there was a lot of good little victories, but the way it reads with the time jumps and the the way the chapters are set up, it just. I don't know. You just kept felt like it was building to something that never happened. And then you get to the end and you're like, Oh, okay. And you feel satisfied. It's not a bad thing. Like everything happens and you're, you're like content with where the characters ended. You're happy. It just, you know, you, 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 I think a lot of it is people today, you and I in the same generation were expected for that big, climactic battle we're That's we're expecting the, the fight on uh you know darth vader versus luke and the big twist or we you know, need darth the giant vader. space beam we can't just have wandavision end with wanda be uh, uh uh learn what she's done wrong and fix it there has to be a, a witch who's controlling her who uh, also causes a space beam to shoot at the sky and they and they shoot it out with their magic abilities no like, no we need uh, we need the the avengers to drop a fucking country on themselves exactly like you can't <laughs> just do the simple thing you can't just have a story end anymore uh, so this is what I like about Pillars of the Earth is that it's from a time where it was 
like, you know what? Sometimes stories just end, and this is the realistic thing. And not everything has a giant climactic moment. Uh, yeah. Even World Without End and um, uh, uh, forget the name of the third one. Those ones, uh, like, I think they 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 got kind of got a little bit affected by a column modern, of fire. A column of fire. Those kind of got affected by like how uh, like modern stories are and and have those bigger climactic moments. And it's like ah, <laughs> why'd you fall for that? You know, um, you well, may enjoy I think, it. Uh, but... Part of it, part of it was Fallet Fallet, whatever you want to call him, wrote it a lot later. Like Lord of the Earth is eighty nine, but there was like a big jump. Yeah, it was like 17 years uh, before yeah. the first of the second book. Uh, yeah, 2007, 89 to 2007, so 18 years mm-hmm. between the uh, the two books. So yeah, I th- I agree with you. I think he probably might have taken influence, but uh, on yeah. modern storytelling. But it's not to say it's bad. It's excuse me, beer. You're having trouble there. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> It's not bad. It 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 works. It just is. It breaks the conventions of what you, as a reader, would expect from a story. Yeah. And you just, it, but it's still intriguing. It still works good. All the characters uh, are very interesting and and. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, even even like the antagonists, they kind of give you like I don't want to say sympathy, but like understanding of like they they rationalize, and you're like, okay. That's not right. I can see where you're coming from, but it's not right. So, you know, they just they do a good job on that front. Um, I did just start watching the TV series that Stars produced mm-hmm. back in uh, 2010. Um, halfway through the first episode. Um, yeah. I hope it gets better. Yeah. Because it's not great at the moment. And I think it's not great only for the sole fact that 30 minutes in everything every scene feels like a previously on pillars of the earth it's it's rushed it's they're trying to get to the story and this story is so rich and in depth that they just that they're glossing over the details and and, and it makes sense if you haven't read the book and maybe series. it's a lot better Sorry, you've, al- you've already found what the problem with the series is: is that they, they could, they, they were like, we got to get to the story, and they forgot that the story is everything that happens in the book. Literally, yeah. like it needed to be a thirty-hour series, and even then, probably forty. <laughs> yeah, it's it's eight hour or you know what, eight episodes. Ten I don't episodes, know how we, like that. I don't know. It's eight episodes, and I don't know how long each episode is. And it just it just feels so ru- not I don't want to say even rushed because that's not even the right word. Like it, the pacing feels okay. It just each scene, the cutting and the style and the storytelling just feels like a previously on episode of Pillars of the Earth, and it's like oh this person's pissed and this person dies and this like this happens. Yeah, and it's it's just. Yeah, if if they you know if they really just fleshed it out and gave it its just desserts, mm-hmm. you know, if they took those scenes, everything that's happening in the the scenes that we get, but it's just slow it down. And I would love take... to readapt it. I would love to readapt that that series. Um, but how I would think... you do it? Because like even even eight hours to tell the story of the first. Oh, book... I wouldn't do it in eight hours. I would do it in 
I would probably pitch twenty. Um, you know one, what? I would do it. I would do twenty forty-minute episodes. Or fifty. And you episodes. honestly think in today's day and age, with the the attention spans being even shorter than they were thirteen years ago, you think that would keep people around? I think so. I think so. No. If it was done well, if it was done well enough, if it was done, if well it's done enough, well enough, I mean, Game it. of Thrones has proven if you tell a good story with good pacing, it can work. But that's what that's I'm doing, it's, on, baby. It's a it's a challenge. Even even Game of Thrones at this point is like ten years old if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, that was huge. And <sighs> and where is Winds of Winter? Nobody fucking knows. Martin's brain. Yeah. Well. So we'll get that eventually. He's but. gonna die before uh, a dream of spring ever even hopes to come out. So it's a marketing We're, ploy. He has a written. He's just fucking with us. Yeah, probably. He's. You know what? He probably. Yeah, he's probably written the books, and he's probably gonna release uh, Dream of Sp- Spring posthumous, posthumously. Ah, posthumously. That's a word that's hard for me. Posthumously. Posthumous After death, Posthumous. maybe keep his uh, keep his family in life. But uh, yeah, no good book. Pillars of the Earth. I'm, I I definitely recommend it to those who haven't checked it out. If you're looking for a good fiction based on fact and a good slice of medieval England, it's a it's a tough read if you're a woman because it is true to form on how women were treated back then and world without end is even worse than that yeah at times it kind of oh, stretches yeah. both the good and the bad of like yeah women were treated like shit but we have this one character who really stretches beyond her means which is nice to see mm-hmm. so just caveat and poor but uh i mean i bought it for 12 dollars in my local used bookstore and i would definitely say it's worth that much oh yeah it's a good book it's a good sequel to a great book well, both um, books, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And I've yet to get to A Calm of Fire, the, uh, the prequel series, or, you know, obviously the new one. I'm, but I'm it's hoping to check them good. out. I got about halfway through um, before I got, you know, just distracted with other things in life and, and to my own writing. Uh, and then film school and stuff and not having access to the book. Um, but I, I, it's it's just as good. It's, it's just as well written as the first two, uh, if not better. Yeah, Fallout does a really good job writing, and he's got a bunch of other books that he's written that are intriguing. He, to sound, the sounds. He, one of his one of my favorite books by him, I think I mentioned on the sh- on the show before, is Code Zero, uh, which is a uh, uh, kind of classic like James Bond type story about um, the the Russian. Uh, uh, military or uh, the 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 uh, Soviet Union trying to KGB mess with, the KGB trying to mess with uh, our first uh, launching uh, into space and um, about and the the James Bond type character is kind of is like the one of the scientists who's sending it but he's he's lost his memory kind of kind of class it's it's spoilers it's, it's, it's a well that's the beginning of the book the main character the, the, the premise of the book is that he has lost his memory but he uh and he's just trying to figure out what's going on um but yeah he uh, th- that's one of my favorite books by him uh it's kind of silly you know the it's it's one of those 
it's the thing that everybody makes fun of is like, oh yeah, and it's the guy who's lost his memory and he wakes up in a bathroom. Like he literally wakes up in a in a, in a train bathroom. I think that oh, this is the book so that most people make fun of. Um, the born identity. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. This book was written in like the eighties or no. Don't make me look it up. Exactly. It was, yeah, oh, uh, I'll God look it up. It. I'll look it up. Don't. No, don't you keep talking. It. I'll look it up. Uh, oh, 2000. It was published in 2000. So, All right. yeah, it so. was kind of right at the same time as Born Identity. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Black yeah. Sled Espionage, that was big for a while. I mean, he's always done historical fiction. Ken Follett is somebody no. who does historical fiction. He's very rarely done anything that isn't. Um, uh, there's one book, I'm forgetting what its name is, um, but it's about a snowstorm, and it is not historical fiction as far as I understand, um, unless it's about some obscure historical fiction that I'm not aware of. But um, for yeah, for the most part, he does almost exclusively historical fiction, so it's always based around something... Uh, hmm some event in history such as oh, good on him. He's, a, he's a solid writer yeah King good Stephen descriptions accurate keeps things you know gives you a, a good mental picture of the scene so good on him I, yeah. I'm, I'm appreciating his writing so yeah. check it out if you haven't kids yeah anyway um i think i think we've bored everybody enough for an hour or so hour and a half yeah so i think uh, well, we should you never know i could cut there. i could cut a little bit of this out so it could be an hour and change good yeah uh so let's let's uh cut this here Corey. where can we find you outside of drunk thoughts and high opinions and not work not the bar anything online like photographs writing that you could share with us well as of this past weekend i am now a professional dance sport photographer oh I have been paid for my work to photograph dance and dance sport. So you might be able to find some photos of those later on. Way later on, like a couple months online on my website, which the URL is too far, too long to name. But you can find on my social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Roxyboy, R-O-K-E-S-Y. Graham, are you still part of Mad Dash Musings, or do you finally let that URL collapse? I no, I'm I'm letting that go. I'm I'm keeping that up. You know, um, uh, I like to have my I like my writing to be public so people can see it, and I like to have the ability to update it, which I have not done. Um, I was, gonna just, I I was going just looking to. up and like, have you updated your shit I'm since November to. 2022? I'm going to update it. Huh. Um, uh, once I have say. more things to, to put on there, um, it's just mm-hmm. difficult with classes and everything. Uh, uh, you have the, so many awesome photos. How hard is it to put them on a website? I have to edit them. Uh, but yes, They're print. You, can, you can find my writings, my short stories, that horrific fucking truck outside. Good God. Yeah, that's a joint. That's, that's definitely ruining audio. That's definitely ruining audio. See, folks, hey, this is it's... the thing that people hate in film and television and podcasts. Oh, it's when sound gets in the way. Anyway, my VP my of writing. engineering, my VP of engineering, 
loves to film on the floor about like his intros of what our business is doing. And I keep telling him, Rick, no, it's not going to work. And he, you know, we do it because that's what he wants. And I make it work. But every time I tell him like, Rick, can we not? And he's like, it's so good. It sounds like we're busy. And I'm like, that's fantastic. But nothing's worse to a video than when you hear, hi, I'm Rick Gessler, VP of engineering at, and you hear a fucking forklift horn in the background. Fucking annoying. Fucking annoying. Please continue. Also, Where can we find you? Should you should probably not say his full name on here. You're probably gonna want to bleep that. Um, anyway, no, no, he's a good dude. He's 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 fully supportive of the podcast. I told sure. him all about it. He thought it was a hysterical idea, all and right. he's a great dude. Rick, I mean, super smart. I I'm think he's saying, background. He's is, just some ordinary dude. Nobody want you. Don't want you. Just don't want to say that. Oh, no, look him up, name. man. He's not ordinary. He's oh, a fantastic. Man. He is extraordinary. Rick Gessler, the VP of Engineering at Delcor Systems. A, never mind. Okay, amazing so man. Writing at mad-musings.com and my short stories, my shorter stories, my poetry, scenes from plays, some photographs. And that's it for Older me. photographs. Older photographs. If only oh. we could see some updated shit. I will have that soon. You've got you already you don't even have photographs listed on your website. It's home it, short stories. Shorter stories. You have two. I do. Yes, they're good photos. photographs. (laughs) I like the uh, lake and winter photograph. That's nice. But you got some really good shots. You keep sending to me. Put them up on your website. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I'm not disparaging. I'm not trying to like criticize. I think you've got some great shit. I have a plan for those photos, and they're going to go on the website. I just need to get that plan done first. Like that whole final project you did last semester was you told a story and photos. That's my plan to do. Put it on my website. I just need to like uh, uh, do the thing I'm going to do, which is make kind of like a slideshow of it. Well, do it up. I'm going to. Do it. But anyway, you can find my writings at mad-musings.com. Old writings. All right. I have been your high opinions, Graham Stepniewski. High opinions. Hi. 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 Hallelujah opinions. L'chaim. He is your high hallelujah opinions. Yes. And you have been a real pain in your ass. I guess you have been. <laughs> <laughs> At least I know my place. I'm also your drunk thoughts, and my name's Corey Oaks. Have a great weekend, everybody. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>